Welcome back to Match Volume, Annenberg Media's interview-based podcast. I'm your host, Ashi, and I am so excited to kickstart Match Volume summer episodes. So, as anyone who lives in L.A. knows, L.A. is a true foodie city. L.A. food critic Bill Addison has written that L.A. dining culture thrives on plurality and says L.A. is the best food city in America. Food in L.A. obviously go hand in hand, which is why I am very excited for this week's episode because I am talking to fellow USC Annenberg senior Mandy Mikasa. She is the brilliant L.A.-based blogger behind the account Food of Los Angeles, where she explores different restaurants, cuisines, and unique out-of-the-box dishes in L.A. Her account is a huge success with over 5,000 followers, and she is also a contributor to Best Food L.A. and Savory Traveler. Without further ado, here is Mandy Mikasa. Do you mind by starting by saying your name, pronouns, and where you're talking to us from? Yes, so my name is Mandy Mikasa. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am tuning in from Los Angeles. (laughs) Amazing. So uh, every episode, I try to, you know, come up with a question to learn more about our guests outside of their expertise. Mm -hmm. So for this week, the question is, would you rather have a memory of a goldfish or a neck of a giraffe? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Memory of a goldfish. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think... I'm getting neck pain already from just looking down at my phone and iPad at work all the time. So I think having a longer neck would be even more problematic for my neck pain. So I'm going to go with memory of a goldfish. (laughs) That's pretty fair. I think I would probably do the same thing. I feel like, yeah, a giraffe, a neck of a giraffe would just be a lot. Yeah. And think about it. Memory of a goldfish. I feel like goldfish are so happy. Because all they're thinking about is present and swimming forward, like the future, never worrying about anything else. That is so true. I never thought of it that way. But that's mm-hmm. actually, that makes, a, that makes, that's a good point. Like Lori, she's so happy. I mean, she's not a goldfish, but she, short-term memory loss. Same caliber. Yeah, I understand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never thought of that way, but that's a good answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, back to the blog. So I honestly really love your blog because it's so like aesthetically pleasing and it leaves me super hungry. Now I have a very Mm -hmm. long list of places I want to eat when I'm back in LA. Amazing. But I would love to know why you started your blog. How Mm -hmm. did it come about? So to be honest, the pandemic kind of first is what sprouted the idea of doing a blog on Instagram. It was first going to be something more lifestyle-like, so food, fashion, travel, all those good things. But obviously, we weren't traveling and weren't really dressing up for much, so it turned into a all-food blog, which is something that I've always loved. I've always been a big eater from a young age and just find a lot of joy in bringing people together at meals and just eating. (laughs) So... Yeah, my best friend and I started it in May of 2020 and kind of worked on it together for about a year before we kind of parted ways and she broke off and started her own thing. So I've been running it ever since February 2021 on my own. And yeah, here we are a year and a half almost later 
And I just honestly can't believe the the opportunities it's brought me in, in various different fields and the people it's introduced me to and just how much joy it brings uh, to people around me. Like I said it the other day, I think to my family, I was like, wow, if my if I was as famous as my food blog is and if I got as much attention as my food blog, I would be one big celebrity. But anyways, yeah, that's kind of the story of how it started and just where I am and the growth and development of kind of the ownership and how I run it on my own now. Yeah, and so a lot of people, uh, and especially college students, have separate accounts where they rate different foods and you know have totally. their own food accounts. But how did you grow your account to you know an actual blog that has over five thousand followers and now have restaurants that want you to come and try their food? Right. Yeah. So something I do pride myself in is that all my followers are totally authentic. Um, many companies and third party, um, you know, accounts have reached out and asked me if I want to buy followers or if I want their promotion to, you know, give me followers or engage and collaborate in that way. But honestly, something that I really wanted from the start and still stay true to is just a community that's engaging, collaborative and authentic. You know, it comes down to the followers of my page. What are they attracted to? What are they not? What's, you know, getting more attention? What's getting more engagement? And I, I can't tell that if it's not authentic followers. So I do base a lot of stuff around what I see, you know, is getting a lot of engagement and just what people are appreciating and enjoying and wanting more of. But like I said, again, it's just, it all comes down to the authenticity of each follower because, you know, one bot or 10 bots like could really mess up the the skew of how I go about each post. So yeah, how did I grow it? Honestly, a lot of time, a lot of patience and just promotion. I mean, this is like may sound kind of bizarre, but I at one point had a QR code that I would go around and when people would ask me like, what are my hobbies? What do I like? this was like towards the beginning of the school year too, I would be like, oh, like follow this page. You'll see what I like. And so, yeah, just kind of a lot of self-promotion and um, I have great supportive friends that reposted on their stories and, and stuff like that. But the main key for me at least is just authentic, real followers. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you collaborate with different restaurants or different brands? I know you like write for other food pages and things like that. But yeah. um, does your account do that? Yeah. So I do collaborate with quite a few Los Angeles brands and collaborations work. It's differently. It's different for each restaurant. But, you know, if someone reaches out to me, like Barada House is a restaurant that I've done a few collaborations with. So if after I like visit, they will do a 10 or 15% discount code. And then my followers just have to show proof of following me and can use that code that, you know, is provided by following me when they visit. But other than that, I mean, each restaurant is so different. I don't have any like name to brand specific collaborations. It's more small business support, which is something I'm also really big on just because I saw how much of an impact the, the pandemic had on a lot of small businesses, small restaurant businesses. 
But yeah, I would love, love, love to get my own smoothie and air one. That is my next goal. I mean, that's like far down the line. But that's something I like hope will happen in the near future, as well as my own matcha on a menu somewhere, preferably chit chat if possible. But yeah, that, those are two kind of goals of mine for the future. Those both sound great. Okay, well, now I'm curious. What is your matcha order? Is it like the original or is it one of those with like the blueberry infused in it? No, I go for the classic iced matcha latte with oat milk and a splash of vanilla. (laughs) That sounds good. Okay, what do you rate the, okay, some people say dulce or dulce, Mm -hmm. whatever one. Okay, yeah. Prefer. (laughs) I don't know. But what do you feel about their matcha? I think it's really good. It is a little bit sweet for me because they use condensed milk rather than like a vanilla syrup, which is sweeter in my opinion, because it has a thicker consistency and just doesn't mix as well with the matcha and like milk and everything. But it's good. I would say out of 10, it's about a eight for me. Like it satisfies me, but it's not like a firework. A a 9.5, 10 firework, I'll reveal at the end of the podcast where my 9.5 slash 10 firework matcha latte is. Don't let me forget. (laughs) Okay, well, that is, I'm really intrigued now, but an eight is pretty good. That's, that's, that makes me feel better because I like, I'm not as like well-versed. I've kind of only had it there and somewhere else, Mm -hmm. but I also was thinking that it was kind of sweet. Yeah, right. It, it's condensed milk. And I'm not sure you can do it without, I think, but then it's just way too bland. So you got to just stick with the sweetness. Yeah. Have you tried the blueberry one though? Okay. So I I think I had like a sip of my friends Okay, and it was good, but I think as like the original matcha was already sweet that the blueberry yeah. maybe got like a wrong batch. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it just kind of elevated that. But yeah. no, you I find agree. that one less sweet? Yeah. No, everyone says like the blueberry matcha from Dolce, Dolce, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, really? Mm-mm. I'm not thinking that one. Yeah. So I agree with Same. you. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I just, I couldn't, I don't know. Because also like the blueberry flavor for me, I was just like, because they're both like such strong flavors that I feel like yeah. they're like battling when I'm drinking it. And I'm like, totally. I just, I can't. Totally. It's too much. Yeah. You're like, who's going to win? No. No one. Yeah. No one's winning. It's just no one is winning here. Right. Totally. Okay. So I'm not going to – I'm going to ask you about that okay. yeah. at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> so, you know, what I've noticed that in a lot of food accounts and food blogs, especially those who are starting out, really focus on promoting things like pizza and sandwiches and just kind of food that everyone knows and generally mm-hmm. likes, but – the reason why I really like your blog and why I find it, you know, very unique compared to other blogs is that you expose people to a lot of new dishes and mm-hmm. ingredients. Like I'd never really seen spam being integrated into mm-hmm. any dishes before. Mm-hmm. And even highlighting, you know, different cuisines from different cultures. I'm curious to know, you know, what made you want to focus on highlighting those dishes rather than, you know, dishes that would be maybe traditionally seen in you know, food and wine magazine. Totally. Yeah. So I kind of had a wake up call the beginning of this year, semester, sorry, no school year. So that would be last August, about a year ago, my friend asked me like, Mandy, what's the goal and purpose of your food blog? Like, what do you want from it? And I was like, 
honestly, if I could use the privilege I have to try the restaurants I'm able to and the opportunity I have and access in Los Angeles to so many different cuisines, so many different scales of restaurants from, you know, $10 a person to ranging very high. If just using that opportunity, access, privilege I have to influence someone who maybe has, you know, the chance to try one of those restaurants that I've posted about. If it can make their, you know, overall food experience, just my one recommendation, then that's, then I feel like I've done my job. One specific example is a lot of LA tourists. So people coming to LA that most of the time haven't been to LA before, they'll look at my blog because they'll look on Instagram, like where to eat in LA or LA eats, the hashtags, all of that. And I'll have people DM me and reach out and be like, you know, we're on a tight budget coming out to LA, but we have one treat meal that we're just going to go crazy on and spend, you know, what it's going to cost. Where do you recommend we go? I'll ask them a few questions after that. And then, you know, hopefully can narrow down to what they're looking for, whether that's something on the beach or something for a celebrity sighting or just really good food. And this family actually ended up going to the coast at Shutters, which is one of my all-time favorites. I did my high school graduation brunch there, so it holds a special place in my heart. But they ended up going there, had such a great experience, and, you know, they didn't know about the Santa Monica Pier. So after dinner, they walked onto the Santa Monica Pier. And just the message I received afterward and this picture of the family eating and then at the pier, it just warmed my heart and it made me feel like I had just accomplished what I want out of the blog and just kind of what I'm looking to do long term. But that's a very long answer to say that all of that. But anyways. No, that sounds great. Okay, I'm definitely going to go to that restaurant because I've, I've been to Santa Monica. But I've done like the like food trucks, but I haven't okay. done like actual like restaurant restaurants. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommend that one. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You cannot go wrong with any of them. Okay, I'm adding that on my list as well now. It's getting so long. I also was looking through your blog and uh, noticed that you were in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your favorite dishes that you had in Hawaii? Yeah, so my dad is from Hawaii and my mom lived in Hawaii for 10 years and that's where they met. So the Hawaiian cuisine has a has a dear spot in my heart as well. Love Spam Musubi. LA cannot do it like Hawaii, but I mean, even the 7-Elevens in Hawaii have it and they're out of this world. But that just goes to show you that the LA 7-Elevens aren't great. But anyways, that's another note. <laughs> um, anyways, I would say, honestly, I don't eat pokey, poke however you want to pronounce it, in Los Angeles. I only eat it in Hawaii. Why that is, I don't know. I'm convinced that I will get sick in LA after eating it. But every time in Hawaii, smooth sailing. Never get sick. It's delicious. I love it. And I actually had the chance to try, oh gosh, what was the TV show? It's on my blog, so I'm going to have to make you guys go look at it. But I got to try this new not new, but newish pokey place that some chefs on a TV show recently went to. I'm blanking on the TV show. 
but it was very good. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. So how has growing up with Hawaiian food, which is known for its unique cuisine compared to other states in the U.S., how has growing up with that shaped the types of food that you post on your blog? Yeah, I have um, a more adventurous palate than most of my friends. And I think that's due to my upbringing, my dad being Japanese and my mom being um, American from the South. So South meaning Arkansas. So I have quite an eclectic palate. And then that also Hawaiian kind of culture being rooted in me as well. I don't know. I would say, yeah, I'm just not afraid to try different things. Funny enough, I didn't eat raw fish until like middle school, I'd say. Like real sushi until middle school, which I'm kind of ashamed to admit. But I was eating <laughs> cucumber rolls thinking that it was sushi. But no, I don't know. I think also because I have a diverse palate and I enjoy each of the different cuisines that I try, I try and promote it on my page because, you know, if I like it and I'm a big foodie, why wouldn't someone else like it, you know? And if I, like I said earlier, if I can be a resource for someone to start something new, try a new cuisine, try a new restaurant, tourists to try something in LA that's only in LA, then amazing. I've done my job. I feel like when you grow up with a lot of different cuisines and different types of palates, it's you're a little bit less uh, afraid to open that door. And with your platform, you're promoting a, you know, understanding that's beyond food, but different cultures and different cuisines and different, you know, experiences. And I feel like food brings people together. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think food has always been something that's really been the center of community for me, whether that's with my family, whether that's with my friends. It's always been such a commonality and point of joy within the communities I'm in that I think it also makes me eager and just really wanting to share when I have a good food experience because possibly that could be a new community for someone that hasn't tried it or isn't familiar with it. Maybe they'll identify deeply with the traditions of that cuisine or something. So yeah, I think community and food go hand in hand big time. Totally. And I feel like alongside of community, I feel like food just makes people happy and excited. Uh, I remember when my friends and I were going to New York for a day trip, we were stalking the food blog, mm -hmm. seeing what we should eat there. And that was like one of the highlights. And it was so fun. We were so excited for the food we we're going to eat. And I think that that's part of the phenomenon of food blogs. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the only thing really getting me excited during the pandemic. So, and that's also why I had such a passion and zest to continue it. It wasn't a something like a, oh, I'll do it until the pandemic's quote unquote over. It's still not over, I know, but until like the new normalcy, but I'm here today wanting to continue it for, I don't know, five years, 10 years long-term because it brought me so much joy in such a hard time. Well, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, an another aspect of 
your blog that I really like is I feel like the photography is just amazing and it has a great aesthetic to it. And so I was wondering, what are some of the keys of taking a great photo? Yes. First off, thank you. I appreciate that. I do really try. But without getting giving too much of my expertise, I guess, I don't know, giving away my secret ingredient. Perfect lighting and angling is definitely the thing, which is definitely easier said than done. But you, I'm trying to think. So for, for instance, for avocado toast with a poached egg, you would take the picture from the side because it's dimensional. The poached egg is round and kind of more raised. But avocado toast with a sunny side up egg, you'd take from above because a sunny side up egg is more flat. So you don't really need the side angling for the dimension aspect. I did take quite a few photography classes for the blog alone online, but that's one of the things I learned. And also, I mean, trial and error. I take so many pictures every meal. It gets annoying, I know for sure, but... Yeah, I would say that dimension aspect is a big one. Only using flash when you really need to. Yeah, I guess just finding the sun, finding the golden hour for the food. Yeah, those kind of three things, three-ish things. Yeah. Okay, I have a – this is a personal question. Okay. Say you're having like a bowl of pasta or like a bowl of soup, like something in a bowl because I Mm – feel like I can take an amazing photo like the ones in the blogs and it looks ridiculous when I take it and it like I'm like how does this look terrible right now so what is your advice with things in bowls I need help with that okay things in bowls so yeah honestly I struggle with bold dishes too because if the dish or if the food in the bowl isn't raised above the rim you have to pretty much stick your phone in the bowl to get the content of the dish. Okay. I'm trying to think. Most of the bowl dishes like in restaurants are going to be, the food's going to be filled to the top for that sole purpose presentation. But like if you're eating pasta at home and it's not up to to the rim, I'd say maybe shoot higher up so it looks like there's more in it than it appears if that makes sense okay i'm gonna do that then yeah because okay. it's, it's good food but it, it looks so like right terrible no i know i'm like oh my god it's just pesto pasta some of the best food photographs horribly i know oh my goodness yeah so your blog has made my like i said a lot of times made my list of restaurants in la never ending what are the three places that you recommend okay in la yeah So this is hard for me to decide. I'm going to have to go off my like recent favorites because if I did my childhood favorites or my all-time favorites, the list would be like 100 restaurants. So my recent favorites, Courage Bagels, bagels with exceptional toppings in Silver Lake. I don't understand why a bagel with cream cheese and cucumbers tastes so good, but You're going to have to go try it and tell me why, but phenomenal. I recently tried this taco place on Sautel called Sonoritas Prime Tacos and phenomenal tacos, burritos, the surf and turf burrito out of this world, like packed with guacamole, just very good, authentic Mexican food, I'd say. Italian wise, let's see. 
I'm recently loving Angelini in the Palisades. Also very authentic Italian food. Not your classic penne vodka. It's going to be more like a white wine vinaigrette over a tagliatelle with spicy sausage and basil. And so a little more, I guess authentic would be the word, than like your average Beverly Hills Italian restaurants. And then sushi, I'm kind of giving all my favorites, but sushi in sushi on Santa Monica Boulevard has an exceptional happy hour for their rolls, their drinks, everything in between. And the James Bond roll is my favorite thing ever. I don't know why. I can't even remember what's in it, but it was so good. And their hand rolls are really good too. So yeah, I'd say those four and also my matcha place, but I'm still waiting to reveal it. Yes, yes. No, we will not. The suspense has been building this entire time. I know. What advice uh, would you have for people who want to start a food blog? Yeah, let's see. So fortunately, I've had a lot of good mentors, leaders in the social media kind of world give me this piece of advice. And it's just to be open to constructive criticism, advice, feedback, whether that's from friends, peers, even, you know, random people, followers. Also asking your followers what they want more of. I do a lot of polls on my story, kind of like content related. Uh, What do you guys want to see more of? You know, I'll do like matcha versus chai and obviously matcha always wins. So I post more matcha. (laughs) But yeah, also just kind of allowing yourself to post what you feel is what you want to post rather than what you think looks best or will do the best. Um, You have to find a good balance between, you know, the engagement aspect, what does best, like you said earlier, the more common foods, but you can make anything look good if you, you know, try and present it right. So I don't know, I would definitely say, you know, follow what you want to do, not what you think should be done. And just be open to what other people have to say about it. Yeah, that's great advice. I feel like that's a really great way to make sure that your content, like you said before, is organic and authentic Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. you have retention in your followers and it becomes like a community, like you said, because that's the whole point of food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. that's great. And then lastly, I ask every guest this, what is Mm -hmm. some advice that you would give to your younger self? Yeah, okay. Let's see. So it's been a pretty big summer work-wise. I have a part-time job and an internship, and I'm also, you know, trying to maintain a presence on my food blog to hopefully grow and keep expanding both follower-wise and content-wise. But honestly, I'd say the biggest takeaway I've had this summer is tasks and things only become stressful if you give them the power to be stressful. If you, you know, approach tasks and things that need to be done with the attitude that there's that you're going to be stressed out or that they are tasks and work rather than something you enjoy. I think switching your mindset to this more freeing mentality is definitely going to help me to enjoy work a little bit more than 
just going to work. You know, if I'm going to work, I need to think about it in the way that, oh, what am I going to learn today? How many amazing new people am I am I going to be introduced to? Uh, what stories can I tell from today? So yeah, I think telling my younger self that just to take a breath and luckily every day is I'm not in a life or death situation. So, you know, when times get stressful, once again, it's not a life or death situation. So just to take a breath and a step back and, and really just see the big picture of, of what's going on. Yeah, I feel like that advice is really applicable for everyone, especially college students, because, you know, whenever something goes wrong, it just it always seems like the end of the world when in reality, it really is just a moment in time. Right. So that mm-hmm. is honestly such, such good advice. Thank you for sharing that. So now yeah. for the question that we've all been dying to yeah. know <laughs> throughout this entire yeah. episode is what is the earth shattering nine out of 10 matcha place that you recommend? This is not going to be your average trendy spot that you guys are all thinking I'm about to say. It's not an Alfred's. I love Alfred's. Shout out Alfred's. It's not a cha-cha matcha. Also love cha-cha matcha. Shout out them. But it is the one and only Verve Coffee. And it is right down the street from Craig's. Everybody knows Craig's, I feel like. And um, parking isn't that difficult, to be honest. It's just very convenient there. Matcha's phenomenal. Staff is friendly. Always a vibe in there. You're always going to see someone from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. (laughs) Promise you. And yeah, that matcha has my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I will try it. And then just get the like original mm-hmm. matcha latte with oat milk and a splash of vanilla. Perfect. Iced, iced, iced. Sorry. Iced. Oh, yeah. of course. All right. Well, now that we have that, I have a lot more places mm-hmm. I want to try now. So thank you Good. so much for sharing about your experience and how you grew your blog and for amazing food recommendations and for coming to mm-hmm. Match Volume. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. All right. That is it for this week's episode. Be sure to check out Mandy's amazing food account at Food of Los Angeles on Instagram. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of Match Volume and follow us on Instagram at Match Volume. This show is a production of Annenberg Media and is produced and hosted by me, Ashi Kumar, for Annenberg Media at the University of Southern California. I'm Ashi Kumar and I'll see you next week.